My next guest on Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak, is Sarah Burns, MBE, Chair of SmartWorks Reading. Sarah shares picking up her MBE at Buckingham Palace from the Duke of Cambridge last year and how she got involved in an organisation that helps empower women to give them the confidence to find work. This year, Sarah has been navigating through the pandemic with her team of trustees and volunteers to still provide a service to women in tough times. Sarah is very passionate about helping other women and is a strong female lead within the charity sector. So let's find out more. So welcome to Tea Time. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm really good. Really good. I love autumn's one of my favourite seasons, so I'm quite happy. <laughs> and you've got a new puppy in the household. We have, we have, we're now got a mad household of two Springer, Springer Spaniels. So, um, yes, a lot of energy. <laughs> a lot of energy. Oh, great. We're into the second lockdown now, aren't we? Which mm. is just, yes. well, not great for anybody in most ways, but I mean, especially charities. I mean, you've been yeah. on a roller coaster, haven't you, since March, really? It's it's a there's a lot of responsibility, uh, a lot of change every day, the restrictions or what we knew and what we know and what we don't know. Um, and obviously at the heart of everything we do and all our decisions is what's how the safety of our staff, our volunteers and our clients, but while still being able to provide a service of some sort. Um, but there's been lots of positives along the way as well. Well, you are a really positive lady, let's face it. And, and this time last year, you were an awarded uh, an MBE by the Duke of Cambridge, wasn't it? At Buckingham? Yes. So how did that come about, as if I didn't know? <laughs> well, I, I was a, a nominated. It's probably a, like a year process. I was nominated and then... Um, I sort of forgot about it. You have lots of uh, support letters go in uh, with your nomination. And um, I was privileged enough to get, you know, volunteers and staff and uh, colleagues and funders and all sorts of people support the nomination. And um, then, you know, amazing that it's it still hasn't really sunk in, even though it's a year later. Um, but it was it was lovely. It was it was really good to see it all come together that, you know, it's not something I could have ever done it on my own. I mean, it is a team effort. And I know lots of people say that about things, but it really is, you know, the board or volunteers, the volunteers, um, you know, give up their time. So there's hundreds of people that donate time um energy um product donations all sorts you know so it's um but it's it's nice to get sort of a pat on the back and the recognition and it helps smart works in the long run so what's the duke of cambridge like he was lovely actually and and do you know they they must do this so often um and they put you at your ease because it's quite daunting because there's lots of rules and security and regulations, but they are just lovely at and very good at making you understand what the rules are, 
but without frightening you into, oh, what if I do something wrong? Um, you know, they all the way up, it was a long wait and a queue up to um, get the award. And um, all the way along, the one of the gentlemen was just telling me all about the um, pictures that are up in the halls and the music and the history and just generally keeping my mind off what we were walking into. And then just before we walked, I had to walk in. She says, right, stand tall, breathe in, there's video cameras and photographers. And I was like, oh, now I'm panicking because I don't know where they are. And I, you know, what if I trip up, I trip up or something? But actually when he knows exactly what he's doing, they all do. Um, and they were really, really good. Fantastic. It sounds like a fantastic day out as well and one to remember. But how did you originally, because you you started SmartWorks Reading, how did you originally get involved in the whole SmartWorks um, charity situation? So I um, originally I was worked at a company called um, Northgate HR and uh, also SAS and different software companies as a training manager for um, so HR and software, payroll software. And um, when I got made redundant, I, I sort of left and um, I suppose I did lose a bit of confidence myself. Um, didn't quite know. I've never known what I want to do. I just have fallen in stuff and, and done it and either enjoyed it or not enjoyed it or changed it. Um, and I decided to do a, a coaching diploma, which I did. And then I thought um, during that, I went and volunteered at Dress for Success in London um, to master my sort of coaching skills. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, I really, really enjoyed that. Even though I was only doing it, um, probably I did it one day, uh, two days a month. Um, the only bit I didn't enjoy was the two and a half hour trip to Islington. <laughs> but, um, apart from that, you know, I really enjoyed um, not only the, the charity and what it stood for and what it did, but just being able to very simply focus on coaching someone for an event in their life, like interview coaching, and yeah. seeing the enormous impact that one hour had. Um, which was, you know, it was great. You felt, I felt, I always was always on a high every time I was coming back. I was like, oh, God, I've really helped, you know, five people today. That's, that's great, you know, because London was really, really busy. And then um, the opportunity came up when they moved away from Dress for Success to SmartWorks. Um, the opportunity came up that they were opening sites across um, the UK. And I thought, well, the only bit I don't like is the commute into London. So if I set one up blindly, went, if I set one up in the Thames Valley, I've got my perfect scenario. Um, <laughs> I didn't really think it through that it will be, you know, 24 seven take over my life for a few years. Um, and would be really hard work. And actually I'm not that qualified to, to set up a charity, but, I think that also helped me going in blindly sort of with passion 
and energy helped me overcome um, the initial um, challenges and then bringing on board skilled, inspiring, dedicated, passionate women and men throughout um, the years has helped us grow into um, you know, our fifth year this year. Um, and we're in a really strong position, which is brilliant. A lot of the men that are volunteers do our interview coaching. And I think um, the thing that's really beneficial is we've got obviously no control on who interviews you in the real world, in your real interview. And probably, I mean, I don't know the stats, but eight out of 10 times, it's going to be a man um, because a lot of there's a lot of proportionally there's a lot of men out there doing interviews and I think having a man be able to be there to coach you in a in a safe environment really builds their confidence and gets them ready um women obviously we are majority of our volunteers are women and all our dresses are, are women um but um, it's really nice to have that balance because that's what we have in the outside world. Yeah, we totally do. We totally do. You know, regardless of anyone's sexuality, we, we completely yeah. do. Which is great, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think it is. I mean, how many women have you, because you've helped loads of women and your team get into work. I mean, how many yeah. are you talking about now? So I think the the ones that we know about, so obviously when women come and see us, they've got an interview and we follow up at the end of um, a month. And of those that we can get hold of, um, they can then come in for a second dressing, which is lovely. And we hear all about their new job and, and how they're settling in. And last year we got a 69% success rate, which was, phenomenal which is really really good and a high success rate and that's just the ones that we were able to contact and get in touch with it's a whole process isn't it that that you yeah through, which is really quite lovely and that but it, that in itself is you know I mean I've actually been into smart works and I love it you know because I love clothes as well <laughs> I mean they just seem I know I know it's dream of you know under yeah. one roof which is lovely it is. And, you know, I do miss this year. You know, I, I think the office is almost the heartbeat, the team, the people supporting each other. I mean, nearly all our volunteers say one of their best days is coming into SmartWorks and, and seeing people. And there's just such a positive energy environment to be in, whether you're a volunteer or a client. Um, so it is sad that we're not in for a lot of this year. However, we have been able to um, adapt and we're delivering all our services virtually um, and we're continuing to do that. And we've changed, we've added, um, sorry, an extra service called career coaching. And that helps um, women before they have the interview. So there's going to be a lot of people who have been made redundant, lost their jobs, their businesses have gone under, um, you know, for whatever reason, they're in a situation where one, they didn't expect to be in and two, it's really hard mentally, emotionally and financially. And I think um, the career coaching helps 
to coach them through that process of what are my strengths? How do I look for a job? What kind of job should I be looking for? What can I get out of it, etc. So, and then once they've got that and a good solid base, they can get the interview. And when they get the interview, they come and see us for their first interview dressing and we dress them and coach them. And then they hopefully go on to get the job. So it's a sort of a, an additional package that we've, a service that we've created based on the, the, just the fact that we can't see people and it works really well. And also I think with the virtual- exactly work. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you have to sort of socially distance, but you are allowed, well, I suppose when it comes to work and I suppose you fall under that bracket, do you? Uh, yes and no. There is a lot of grey areas, and I think this is uh, it's one of the problems um, or one of the challenges we have is there's lots of grey areas with what are we? Are we are we this kind of work? Are we that kind of work? Um, and basically, we just come back every time to the wellness of our staff and volunteers and clients. How do they feel about being in the office with one or two or three people? Mm. And I offices they're quite small they're small and bijou and it's filled with clothes so it's actually in some areas it's quite hard to be socially distanced so we have to take that into um, account as well so what we do is we have one member of staff in our two days a week um, and then we have two dressers that will be in the dressing area the wardrobe area yeah, and yeah. they will um, Zoom link into using an iPad, the client who's sat at home and talk to them and uh, ask different questions like where do you shop and what size do you get when you go to Zara or M&S or Primark or wherever. Um, and that gives them a, a good idea of their actual size and then they can see them on the screen so they can see what would suit and what their body shape is. And they literally go and pick the clothes and hold them up and would you like this and would you like that and talk about what type of interview they're going for. Um, so if it was a, a more um, office-based job, it might be a more formal outfit. If it was a nursery worker, it might be trousers and they're more casual tops so they they can, um, you know, that that's what they use. It could be all sorts of things. So then they pull that together and they we package it up and it's so lovely the way they do it. They package it up with tissue paper, just like if you bought it from a shop, a little goodie bag. And we put a little, the dressers write a little personal note to say, good luck with your interview. Hope it goes well, lots of little notes. And then that gets couriered to them um, and then the interview coaching is done virtually. So that is done via Zoom. So the only people in the offices, office is the um, dressers, two dressers and the um, member of staff. So it works quite well. Um, Sounds like you've got it down to fine art, but I mean, yeah, let's just, while. <laughs> I can imagine, let's just sort of cast our minds back because we know, I mean, you're working in it all the time, Sarah, but we know that the charity sector has been hit so hard because of the pandemic. I mean, mm. let's just go back to March. I mean, what what was, what were your thoughts? What, what did you, you know, how did you sort of 
come together. I, you mean after I decided to lift my head out of the sand and get out of my duvet? <laughs> so has it finished yet? <laughs> um, we we all got together, and um, so basically the board, our board, got together, and HQ and all the centres got together. So we had regular, um, what we call COVID update meetings. Um, we um, had probably we had weekly meetings initially um, where we talked about what are you doing because we're all in different situations and um, we basically we closed the office everyone worked from home we got that stable and then we said right how do we plan so we had uh, one trustee Claire who um, was in charge of project managing the phased approach of getting back into the office and delivering our service. Yeah, we had um, two or three or a forum of um, volunteers and in particular two heads of um, volunteers that managed how do we adapt our actual services to keep the standards and the quality as high as it has been so they worked on that in little subgroups from home um i mean we certainly had you know tripped over a few things and forgot a few things and then everything would change and but it's know, not every few... day you wake up to a global pandemic is it you know yeah, exactly exactly and knowing that everyone is in the same boat so it's you know everybody in the whole world is in the same boat um you kind of think even though it's really overwhelming you know that people understand if you miss an email or if you know like i've got zoom microsoft teams webex meetings all free and not all of them work all of this all the time for me <laughs> i have to say um so i think you know you grow and adapt and really good things have come out of it so um before the pandemic um when we were seeing clients from further afield in the thames valley so like newbury or slough or um you know abingdon they would quite often say well we can't afford to travel to you and travel to our interview yeah um, and that's really hard. Whereas now we know we can do it virtually. Yes. Yeah. So actually, that's a really that's a really positive thing that we can now service those clients and offer those clients um, a service that we hadn't thought about before. Yes. So yeah. uh, you know, a solution for a problem that we have had has come out of a pandemic. Which is which is uh, lovely the way, the way it's worked. I think it's, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's like that for many people as well. I mean, as you know, I was working in local television when the pandemic yeah. hit, and if you had said to my boss at the time before, "Oh, we're going to put all, all your interviews on Zoom," he would have gone absolutely bananas. He would have said, "No way!" Am I putting out video interviews? Yeah on television and that's just become the norm you know the yeah. BBC, everybody was doing it so yeah. and it, working from home you know I was going into Reading three times a week yeah um because I felt you know that's what we had to do and uh I know a lot of our board um they all work and they've all been going into their offices and then 
now all of a sudden they've realized they can all work from home. Now that does have its negatives because yeah. you have dogs on Zoom calls or you have, or you work to longer hours um, or your internet's not very fast. You know, th there are other challenges that you are faced when you're working from home, but it, it does show you that there, I, th I think especially for large organizations that there is a choice and that people can be productive from home. Yeah, I think people can be productive from home. They they really can. I mean, in terms of moving forward, now you've got this new package, as it were, that you've adapted. Is that, you know, helping you? I mean, how is the money coming in? I know that's a very sort of, but how is it Straight coming in? Straight to the in? point, Ali. <laughs> Well, we, I mean, we we definitely we were in a really good position. So um, at, before at the beginning of the year, we we've managed over the years to build up our reserves. So I remember year one having one month's rent, and that was all we had at the end of year one, um, which almost destroyed us. Um, but we built up from then, and we went to saying right our aim for the second and third year was to have three months reserves and then six months reserves. And so we we have already, that was our main focus was to build up enough reserves that we were stable to um, make sure that staff felt secure, that referral partners felt secure that we'd still be here in a year's time, et cetera. And then, um, this year, we obviously all our events are cancelled. So the wonderful Guards Polo that last year was a physical event, in-person event, um, raised £20,000 last year, which was amazing. Um, and this year we went online. Um, so the polo still happened. Um, and I went down to present the prizes at the socially distance, um, you know, space. And then um we raised six and a half seven thousand online which actually considering it was there was no one physically there it was a good um amount to raise so we've done a few online events and we've learned lessons um and then we've been really lucky i think locally in the community um berkshire and the thames valley as a whole it's a fabulous community of which everyone looks after each other and looks out for each other. And um, we have had two big um, donations, financial donations, one from Reckett Benkiza in Slough and one from Segro um, in Bracknell. And they've both been through um, Berkshire Community Foundation. Um, and they um, have been really supportive, not just to us, but to a lot of charities locally. And I think um, that's really helped us. Um, and we've been very careful to uh, apply for grants that we feel we really suit and really need, as opposed to applying for anything and everything. Um, because there are a lot of charities out there that need the money and might need it more than us um so it's a really tricky balance but no it sounds like it's a tricky balance because you know there's no direct help as such is there yeah. you know there there is some 
and we're a very lean charity to be fair i mean all our don all our clothes are donated um and our services don't cost anything because it's a volunteer-led organization however we have two staff we have um a, a rented building that we have to pay um so you know our core costs are our main costs yeah. um so we are quite lucky in that respect that we don't have a lot of um sort of costs apart from that that the staff and and um the rent what advice would you i mean you're chairman of smartworks now you were yeah. weren't you chief exec before no no i was um I was founder and I did a, a stint as co-chair with um, uh, Sarah Blomfield. And then I, um, when she left, I decided just to do the chair role on my own with the rest of the board supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, congratulations, because that, that's a big role to take on, isn't it? You know, being a, a fully fledged chairperson. So, um, yeah, with, with all the all the goings on to oversee. But I mean, what advice would you give to local charities? You know, if you if you could give advice, do you think that you could give advice? Because it seems to me that you um, think, have a comprehensive business plan. Yeah, I think I think one of the things I always said from the beginning is is that you know not having not coming from a charity background that the benefits were that I could think easily think outside of the charity box and go, why can't we do that? You know, why, you know, and we're very conscious. We don't publicly call ourselves a charity. We, we're an organization that helps, you know, women get back into work and et cetera. And, you know, that's a very um, conscious decision. Whereas, the downside of coming from a business background and and having a board that is very much a business a more business orientated is that the language the nuances and everything that goes within the charity world we're not so aware of but no, no. i learned over time that actually the key thing for me is um relationships and your community yeah. And, you know, uh, in good times and bad times, keep those relationships being built and keep talking to each other. Because if you're going through a hard time, I've, I've in the past, I've gone to Reading Community, um, Reading Voluntary Action. I've gone to Berkshire Community Foundation and asked for advice. You know, I've got this challenge. What do I do? I don't, you know, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I need some help. You know, equally, I'll go to SmartWorks HQ and say, this is the problem we're facing. Can you help us? You know, and I think asking for help in where from different communities and building those relationships is, is key. I suppose it is. You're right. It's just something simple, isn't it? I think because of the pandemic this year, I mean, people have just been thrown into, you know, they don't really yeah. know which way to turn. I mean... Do you think it's fair to say it is better to run a charity as a business, though? I would, I would say um, it. I suppose it depends on what your, what what you think running it as a business is. I mean, yeah. at the core of what we do, we always come back to: is it the right thing to do for our clients? 
and we're driven by our passion and our values and our mission of, of us wanting to empower women very simply and focused with you know the services we do but we want people that when with everything that we do we want people to go they're professional they're quality they're focused you know what you're going to get when you come to smart works and when you come you walk in and you think yeah i feel safe i feel welcomed it's it's got all the right um it makes you feel all the right things when you walk through the door yeah, no, I know as opposed to feeling a bit sort of you know your stereotypical oh is it i'm not sure i don't want charity you know and that that side i think and just making sure that you know i mean all charities run their governance and their all their setup perfectly and they run that like a business you know and that, so it's just that sort of i suppose i don't know the branding side and the public side of going forward and i think there's benefits but there are challenges as well of of you know not knowing the charity side of things as much yeah i, I I, this seems to be a little bit of a common theme at the moment, you know, with charities have gone to the wall as well. And, it, you know, it is, as you said, the governance side needs to be sort of run as a business, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, administration, everything else. Um, but obviously, you know, it's hard times and, and fundamentally it's very difficult for any charity at the moment. Yeah. It's easy to fundraise like they're used to fundraising. I mean, if, if we take sort of, uh the the royal british legion for example i mean they've had to come up with some really inventive yeah. ways to sell poppies because they just yeah. can't the streets anymore so. yeah and i and i think that's the thing you have to um you have to have passion and creativity i mean you have to have everything and i always say i always said from the beginning i was like how do how do you prioritize and it's like you can't, you just have to do it all somehow. <laughs> you know, like I have days where I go, right, I, I'm a list person, so I like writing my list, so right, we'll do this. But I remember the first year, you know, we focused on building our referral partners, building our clients, and then I looked over my shoulder and thought, oh, we haven't got any money. And I was like, okay, now we focus on getting money. Oh, we suddenly haven't got any clients coming through the door, and it's like, oh, how do you do that? You know, when you've only got one employee and you're all volunteers, um, it's, and every charity set up differently, but for us, it, it's, it's very much been, um, if you focus too much on one thing, even though it's vital and important, you'll drop the ball over here. You've got to keep all those, you know, plates spinning. You've got to keep fundraising. You've got to keep uh, engaging with referral partners. You've got to keep uh, raising awareness and you've got to keep um, generating volunteers and keeping them happy. You know, there, there's just a lot of plates. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think you're really good at spinning them, Sarah, from what I know. Occasionally you know, they uh, they topple over, but they all fall down. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right, though. I mean, there, there's something that, that has always struck me about SmartWorks ever since I've known you is that 
it is a very friendly environment and it doesn't yeah. matter who you are you sort of step into this space and feel at ease you feel so at ease when you walk yeah in. it's just lovely it's like you know being part of well you know come and join our club kind of thing yeah and, yeah, and so that's that is I mean that mm. probably is one of the biggest uh rewards for me is the culture of SmartWorks Reading, the volunteers, the clients, our supporters, you know, everybody is that it's lovely to hear when people go, God, it's so welcoming. I feel so safe. Um, you know, it, you know, even to the point where they say, oh, you don't smell like a charity shop. And it's like, no, we don't, because we've got nice little diffusers just to make it smell nice. And it's the little things, offering everyone a cup of tea and a biscuit or, you know, chatting to them beforehand, sort of soft coaching, as I call it, to make them feel comfortable. And non-judgmental is key, you know. Don't need to know your life story. Doesn't matter. You're here. We're here to help. How can we help? And that quite often gives the client the space to let go and to accept help um, and build from that, but also just feel more um, confident and like they can move on. I mean, we've had everything from client. I remember one lady said, you're the first person I've spoken to in two weeks. Oh. Like she was so lonely you know do, do you mind if I have an another cup of tea and I'm like no of course hey you know and I think that's that personal ability to be uh to build that environment and that culture and and be able to see when someone needs that little extra whether it be a a, a second cup of tea or just someone to listen to for a couple of minutes or whatever it is you know we've had one lady who we had no shoes that her size and she literally had no you know she had a pair of trainers and that was it and um we went and found you know uh went and bought a pair of shoes you know uh, they weren't expensive but they were her size exactly what would suit the outfit so we could give them to her because she had the need and that completed the service yeah I do also think it, it's really helping isn't it perhaps deprived women in Berkshire and, and the Thames Valley and empowering them I mean that is what you're yeah. doing to them you're empowering them you're you're sort of turning them around and saying you know like the mannequin doll basically yeah um here you are look this is you this is yeah. who you can be you and can you see it I mean the dressing part is the transfer instant transformation I would say and then the coaching is the sort of more longer term maybe um but together they sort of are the whole package and the dressing you can see these things so many things happen to women and obviously men lose confidence as well and men have challenges with unemployment and and etc but women have some uh, similar challenges but they also have some um, different challenges we're a very image-based society uh, women have huge amounts of selection of clothes um, there's a lot of pressure on 
on women. I know a lot of pressure on women to be a certain size. And so, uh, you know, to um, look a certain way and to be a certain way. And, you know, women go through menopause, their hormones are up and down. They, women have children, their hormones go up and down. <laughs> their weight, their body shape changes, you know, all of these things age you know, women, you know, again, society sort of saying the younger, you know, is good. Younger is good, but older is good. You know, it, 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 you are who you are. And let's bring out the best from the inside out. And I think that's what the dressing does. And you can see it. I've had people say, <coughs> I can now see the old me. I didn't realize I was gone. And now this is this is me in my sort of 20s confident, you know, whatever. And they've just got the right outfit, but they feel better from the inside out. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. You would you do it for others. It's like wellness for yourself, you know, support yourself, back yourself, be your best self, you know, and quite often women will put themselves behind children behind their husband or partner um you know or their if they're carers for their parents or whatever it is and they're because they're so good at looking after everybody else that yeah. they forget that actually they need to look after them as well so um it's it's nice to see and i think you know we haven't found a client yet that we can't help in some way um, and not always is it the clothes sometimes it's the coaching um, sometimes all they need is a bag or a pair of shoes you know and they've got everything else and it, it's lovely to see and just be able to play a small part in their journey of getting back into work and society and feeling part of you know that they're making a difference and they're part of their community again yeah that is brilliant and I, I guess at times you must have moments when you actually feel quite emotional uh you know actually watching these women you know yeah ones yeah because you you hear I mean there's some days you 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 know in the past when we've had clients in and and they they open up and you think oh you know it's a life can take a swift turn not for the better not for the good to anyone it yeah. really doesn't matter it doesn't go oh but you've had a university degree or you've got you know you live in a lovely area it really doesn't matter you know life can happen you get made redundant you might have an accident with an ex-paralympic rower come to us and she lost all her funding and couldn't do that job anymore and oh, had wow. to get a job and you know so we've had all sorts of people through our doors that need support because life's taken a, life's just happened to them you know yeah. I never thought yeah. I'd be in a position where I would I would lose my confidence I've blagged my way through most things in life and then when I got to when I when I got made redundant I took it really personally and you know uh, when I had a boss that I didn't you know get on with I took it personally and you know so it can happen to anyone and not everybody's got the support network around them to help them so if we can be there to help them that's a good thing 
Yeah, it is definitely a good thing. I think everybody needs that that level of support. And, and as you say, yeah. especially women. I mean, you know, we're now moving forward in the world and you can see the, the gender pay gap is beginning to close, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. you know, hope. I mean, we're not, we're not there 100%, but it's definitely a lot better than it ever was. Um, and I think it's a lot... It is getting there. We're in the right direction. We are heading in the right direction. So what for Smart Works next then? Are you doing another fundraising campaign? What, what's going on? You're always up to something. Yes, we're always. Yes, I would I would say that the staff at Smart Works always say, Sarah, stop having ideas. That's one thing. Now I'm not I'm at home. I'm like, oh, another sparkling idea we can do this <laughs> um well what we're doing this year we're doing a christmas campaign uh called give the gift of confidence um and each center is a national campaign and we we're all having our own little take on it so we'll be doing a raffle um but then we'll do the 12 days of christmas um and each each day we'll have a different We'll have podcasts, we'll have um, uh, posts all around what gives people confidence. And you can do things that either contribute to the raffle and get yourself a prize or Christmas, a Christmas gift, or you will be able to um, buy someone or donate money to buy somebody a coat that would give them the confidence. So it would be buy, buy a coat to give that client a confidence or buy their shoes to give that client confidence. So um, all will be revealed very soon when we're launching the next few weeks. So um, it would be lovely for people to take part in that. And every little bit helps, you know, really yeah, does. Yeah. No, absolutely, it does. And I, I think, you know, especially this year, that Christmas, in my eyes, it should always be about giving, not receiving yeah. presents because... Let's face it, we, we get into a commercial world, don't we? But yeah, I, I think, you know, especially this year, with yeah. the current circumstances where we've all been thrown into a global pandemic, if you can give something to make somebody yeah. else's life better, then do it. Yeah, and absolutely. And it, it does, the, you know, larger charities, but the small local charities, every bit, really helps you know whether it's you know five pounds every month which is a price of you know a coffee in some places you know a coffee and a cake don't have one of those one day a month and donate the money to small words reading that will make a huge difference um well, so it here first folks <laughs> Lovely. No, well, but that that sounds really good. So the best of luck with that. I mean, thank, thank you very you much for coming on and talking. Oh no, thank you for having me on tea time. It it's been lovely to. It's always lovely to catch up with you anyway. Um, wow. and uh, good luck with the puppy. <laughs>